Welcome in to the Caveman Media Sports Podcast. We've got a heavy show for you today. I've got Derek Worley of Triple Option Media joining me. He is going to give me his mock draft. We're going to go over his top 10. We're going to go over a mock draft for the Browns. He's got two different scenarios that he think could play out for the Browns. Uh, we're going to talk free agent quarterbacks. We're going to talk esports. We're going to talk all kinds of different stuff with Derek. If you're listening, make sure you are rating, subscribing, and reviewing to the Caveman Sports Podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening. I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, make sure you check out the Caveman Media Podcast as well. Doing a lot of different things over there. All right, let's get into it. I've got Derek joining us. Enjoy. <laughs> Welcome in. Derek Worley, Triple Option Media. Uh, Derek does a lot of scouting type stuff, I would say. Um, the collegiate level, high school level. Um, how'd you get into this kind of stuff? So actually, man, it was brought about by a lot of my families and friends. Uh, they saw that I had a really good knowledge for the game and could kind of almost like Tony Romo predict things happening. But honestly, it goes back to watching film and everything. And I would just track certain players all the way up to from high school to the pros. And it's just funny when I'm watching the game and I can just say, oh, yeah, it's like this is so-and-so from uh, like, like Chris McCaffrey, for instance, like – that was the best tape I ever watched. And then I told my wife, I was like, yeah, this is, this is a kid that's going to be an animal when he gets into the pros and I could just see it. So, um, just being able to, um, trick, like basically project players to the pros. Uh, I told people when Chase Young committed to Ohio state, Miles Regan's can back me up. I told him that Chase Young is going to be the number one player in the draft when he comes out of college. And then, uh, it happened. I, I'm just very good at evaluating talent, I think. And that's what got me into it. Honestly. That's awesome. I mean, I'm looking at a lot of the stuff you sent me here. I mean, it's a very, very detailed. I mean, I'll be honest, a lot of these guys I've never even heard of, especially um, I had you do a Browns mock draft for me, which I was very excited about. And um, as it got to the later rounds, I'm like, who are these, are these guys? And I look them up and I'm like, oh, it sounds like a pretty damn good player. Um, let's get yeah. into it, though. Let me pull up your your top 10 mock here. I'm going to start there. Um and let's just let's kind of just talk top ten, kind of the sexy picks of the draft. Um, obviously, number one, you've okay. got Burrow cool. going to Cincinnati. Is that you feel like that's a, a lock? I feel like a lot of people do. Yep, I don't care how many picks Miami throws at him. Cincinnati is going to take Joe Burrow. That's exactly what I was going to say. The best, yeah, safest choice to go. And then I, I've said it before. I post on people's pages. Like, there's a fine line between yes, he had better receivers, and yes. His offense, I think, with Joe Brady was a step ahead of everybody in college this year. But it takes a fifth-year senior and takes someone who has discipline and also someone who has incredible accuracy to run that offense. And it's not like if you watch the game against Clemson, like, yes, Jamar Chase is catching balls in field. Yes, Terrace Marsh is catching balls in field, and Jefferson as well. But it takes extreme accuracy. It's not just a given that 40 yards downfield is a, is a money throw. So Joe Burrow, hands down, the most accurate passer in the draft. And that, that alone – uh, set them up for some success and then the mental part's just a whole nother level so then let me ask you two or three years ago you're a, you're a fellow browns fan two or three years ago yep. browns browns are picking number one burrows on the board and we've got a team say it is the dolphins we've got a team throwing three first round draft picks at us you still take burrow you think he's he's that highly of a talent to take number one even I, if three first round picks just, are thrown at you just because of the history of the Browns, it's always been <laughs> lack of quarter play. Quarterback play has been the downfall of the team. I've, I've seen a game where the Browns go up seventeen to three at half against the Lions, 
and then Brandon Whedon throws two interceptions in the second half, and we lose 31-17, no yep. points scored in the second half. Like, yep. I've, I've seen it, and it's just, that's what it is. It's quarterback play, so, like, it is the, it's the most heralded position of all, in almost all sports, honestly, and, like, just because the football is, it starts with the quarterback, and he controls everything out there. So, and I honestly think in Cincinnati's offense, even as a rookie, I think he's going to have the ability to make his checks to the line. And like a lot of the time, some rookies aren't even allowed to do that. Like the coach says, this is the play we're going with it. Uh, but I think Joe Burrow is going to be able to actually make like by the halfway through the season. Uh, I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be able to kind of call his own offense. If he, if he doesn't see something he likes. I think so too. I hate to get, see him go to Cincinnati, but I think so too. Looking more into it though. Um, like you said, the best player in the draft, Chase Young, um, going yep. number two to the yep. Redskins, obviously that's a lock. And then where it gets interesting is that number three with the Lions, they could trade out of it, or yeah. they could do a lot of different things. They could they could pick a quarterback and, and, to sit behind Stanford, Stafford. They could pick right. a, they could pick Okuda. That feels like I feel like that's a safe pick with Okuda. Or they could go Simmons. So you you think for sure they go Okuda, or do they trade? And I, I do want to hit a little bit on Chase Young here. I know that I said he's the best player in the draft, but it kind of depends on what Washington plans to do. I'm, Ron Rivera, if he went with a 3-4 in this situation, I'm pretty sure he's bringing 4-3 back. Um, I know Carolina transitioned to a 3-4 at the end of his tenure, but if he was running a 3-4 defense, Isaiah Simmons would be the pick for me. But I think the fact that they are running a 4-3, you already got uh, Deron Kane in there in the middle from Alabama. It's basically Alabama north up there on defense mm-hmm. for the Reggians, and Chase Young is just going to slide right into that 4-3 defensive end and they're going to be nasty. But um, for Okuda, I think that this is a no-brainer pick for the Lions because, uh, obviously, they've had some, some transitioning from the cornerback slot this offseason as well. But uh, nobody ran more man coverage in the season last year than the Lions did, and Jeffrey Okuda is the best man coverage corner uh, that I've seen since Joe Hayden. And I say that because I loved watching Joe Hayden. It was always it was him, man coverage, uh at least that I've seen. I know Marshawn Lattimore was up there for Ohio State as well when he came out, and there's been corners here and there. Jalen Ramsey, I was always indifferent about just because I hated his attitude. Yep. Uh, but obviously another lockdown corner. But I think that this is just like it's perfect fit. You just can't overlook it here for the Lions. I know there's other team needs, but uh, you run so much man coverage, you get the best man corner, and it just automatically uh, it shuts down one side of the field basically. So. That's I agree. Smart choice. I think it's a shame that the Lions had to get rid of Darius Slay and traded him to the Eagles. I think it's a shame, but Okuda is a good replacement. Looking at number four, um, you have Simmons going to the Giants. This is where the draft gets in- interesting, though. That three through three through seven. That's where it, it could literally go any which way. So you have Simmons going to the Giants at four. I've seen Simmons go in all these mock drafts. I've seen him go anywhere from three to twelve in the first round. Um, yeah. I think he he's just, one of the. It just depends on that three pick. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's one of the again a, a for sure thing. And Simmons, he can play all different positions. He can play slot corner. He can play linebacker. He can rush the edge. He can play safety. He can do all kinds of different things. But again, like you said, it just depends what the Lions do at three. Um, what what do you think of Simmons? Do you think you think he's a for sure? Oh yeah, I think he's got the highest ceiling of any player in the draft. To be honest, yeah, I just. He can do everything, and I'll say this, as, as much as I'd love to uh, take dumps on Michigan fans, I, Isaiah Simmons became what Jabril Peppers was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. 
Yep, and I that's, agree. That's like saying it. Like he could, he could do everything. He could line up. He he never did, but he could line up as a four-three defensive end if he wanted to. Uh, but obviously, when he's so good, he can play linebacker. He can play safety and be an All-American at both positions. I mean, that's that's saying something. So uh, I think that he's going to fit perfectly as a linebacker in the NFL and outside linebacker that just can pretty much be your blitz, be doing anything. And he obviously you saw against Ohio State, he can play as a safety and make interceptions too. So absolutely uh, highest ceiling for me, no brainer. All right, so you're the Dolphins. You're on the clock at five. Um, you've got five, eighteen, yep. and twenty-three overall, I believe. Um, are you going Tua? Are you going Herbert? Yep. Or are you trading out? You go. You go Tua, and I, I think I sent you the message before. Yep, I, I got really it written down right here. Miami smart. Yep, they'll they'll play defense to be real, like because you know New York wants to trade out. New York could do a double dip here, honestly, because if they want to move back, or sorry, the Lions, my bad. Um, they could do a double dip at three. They could move back to five, get something, and then move back even farther if they want. Like that, that's something that's probably on the table for them. But if I'm Miami, I'm calling the Lions saying, hey, like you're either going to get – if we jump in front of you, you're either going to get Isaiah Simmons or Jeffrey Okuda, both of which are players that are incredible. Uh, we just don't want to lose Tua and let somebody come up to grab him from you. So uh, we'll throw you another pick and go from there. But it's Tua for me. It's just – it makes Tua much sense not to do it and i don't think they need to trade anything else away uh they need they need those extra picks because you i think i got them with austin jackson the tackle from usc later Mm -hmm. but uh they need to get something like that they could go all offense honestly i know they talked to jk dobbins a lot uh but i really think that they need to go get to a and then get him some protection even though i'm not enamored by his abilities just because i feel that a lot of it was the Alabama wide receiving crew. I think that all of those guys are going to be playing on Sundays because you saw Mac Jones hop in there and have a game where he completed passes for 280 yards, 270 of them came after the catch. So it just shows how good those receivers were, but you can't really knock too much on Tua. He's got to, I think he's going to have to spit a year though. So but before we, before we move me. on to the chargers at six, one more thing on, on Tua, you have no issues with the the health concern, the hip, all the surgeries, um, just came out recently the Wonderlook score, um, which I mean I think that's a BS test that they do anyways, but no yeah. concerns as far as the hip goes. No, I don't. I sit, think, like sits I said, a I year behind. Sit, though, the first fits. year. Go ahead. Sorry, what was that? You said you wanted him to sit a year, sit a year behind. I'm guessing Ryan Fitzpatrick with the Dolphins and and go from there. I just, I just think it's too much of a risk to throw him out there, especially when Miami didn't have everything shored up yet. Because you're gonna, you're gonna stock all these draft picks up. You're gonna, you're gonna pick good players this year, but to it out there right away is too smart. Unless, unless they go and draft double offensive line in the first round to protect him, then that's a possibility. But I just think that maybe not all season, just enough to get the game flowing. Cause I mean, you saw Baker sit for the first two and a half games and then like he came in just slinging. So yep. I think that it would be smart to just let him get a feel for the game. Obviously it's, it's a little touchy because you don't know how hurt he was or is, but I just think it's smart to not throw him out there right away because you have so many picks. You're going to, you're going to get something good here. It's almost like the 76ers rebuild. Uh, you're going to get a ton of picks. You're going to get something good in this draft. And then next year should be the time where they go after it. 
All right, so then Chargers are on the clock. Um, a lot of yep. people saying that Tyrod Taylor, they're they're locked in on Tyrod Taylor. They're going to build around him. They're not worried about a quarterback right now. They're not signing Cam Newton. Um, what do you think they do? Uh, Tyrod was supposed to go out and do some things for Cleveland. Never worked. Obviously, he took <laughs> Buffalo to the playoffs, but the defense was incredible there. Nine and seven. I like Tyrod. I loved him when he was. I loved him when he was at Virginia Tech, but I just. I don't know. I just think it's smart. I've seen the ups and downs of Justin Herbert, but the up is incredible. And if you can get somebody that you know can tap into that potential that he has, I think that you are going to have yourself a good prospect. Just go watch the Stanford game from his uh, junior season. Like I think he was like 31 for 34 throwing the game. It was crazy. He like didn't miss a pass, throwing dimes. I just think that Justin Herbert, when he is in rhythm, is just, a little step under Joe Burrow because if it's there, he's going to hit it. All right, so moving on, rounding out your top ten, you got the Panthers taking defensive tackle Brown. You like him. You think he's a lock. You think he's going to be um, – what, what What kind of NFL comparison, if any, do you have for him? Uh, I mean, Derek Brown, he's this big, nasty guy. I mean, uh, honestly, I don't really compare him well to many people because he just does a lot of things well. There's – a handful of people can probably play any spot on the defensive line, and that's like Aaron Donald, I'd say. Um, I'd say in certain situations, like a, a pass rush guy like D. Ford could come up through the middle, but uh, Derek Brown's just kind of like his own machine, man. Like he's he's very efficient. He gets after it. He has an extremely high motor, which is something that's rare for an interior defensive lineman like that. So um, if I was going to give a comparison, I'd say someone like Geno Atkins, honestly. That's okay. probably like my best bet. So – uh, definitely a really good stud at Auburn. Uh, top 10 quality for sure. Your next pick kind of caught my attention. You got the Jaguars at nine taking wide receiver. Um, not a lot of receivers going in the top 10 from the mocks that I've seen. Yeah. I just, I just think that Jerry Judy is sometimes you draft best available over team needs because the Jaguars have another first round pick and there's a good set of corners that are in this draft. Honestly, to me, Jaguars are going to need a corner. But you can't miss out on a generational talent like Jerry Judy. I mean, I think he's Amari Cooper, but better. Both of them run extremely crisp routes. But Jerry Judy's just got that it factor. And if you're trying to take a bullet Gardner Minshew, you need to get him a cat or a, a, an absolute animal on the outside wide receiver. And Jerry Judy can do everything. He can line up in the slot, catch bubbles, catch uh, smoke trains stuff like that, and he's just a natural problem for anybody that tries to guard him. I don't disagree. I did skip over Cardinals at 8 taking Wills. So then you got the Browns yep. at 10. So you only have two offensive linemen going in the top 10. So you think Andrew Thomas is the one for the Browns then? Yeah, I think so. Uh, just from what I've seen, I know it's very uh, hit or miss on who you talk to. Um, but I know the the mock drafts from the sports nation, they, they picked Andrew Thomas too. I just think that it just makes too much sense. In a scheme where you're looking at Kevin Stefanski, last year he ran the ball 470 times and threw the ball like 460 times. So you're looking at a very balanced offense. And I think Andrew Thomas is the best run blocker. I think he's the best overall tackle. And I just I don't understand how people can just let this man slide past and not be the first tackle off the board. There's I don't care what the, the the numbers say at the combine and whatnot. When I watch tape, 
just this man stands out to me and just blows people off of the ball. He's a great pass protector, and I just think that if you're Cleveland and you're looking for the most balanced prospect to grab at that tackle spot, that's this is the guy to get. Okay, so let's get into it. Let's get into the Browns. You sent me two mock drafts for the Browns. One, no trades, and you right. sent me one with a trade. So obviously with the yep. one with no trades, you've got Andrew Thomas from Georgia going at 10, and then Michael Pittman yep. Jr., I'm um, going 41 overall in the second round to the Browns wide receiver from USC. I would love to get Pittman on the Browns. I think he would be a great deep threat th- for the Browns. We kind of lack that position as far as third receiver goes. Um, mm-hmm. So g- with your with your trade draft, so you've got um, you've got a mock with the Browns trading back with Denver um, and picking yes. up an extra third. Is that what it is? Yeah, so I think that this makes sense. I just keep hearing that Denver wants a wide receiver, and CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy are the top two, and I think they're head and shoulders, and Henry Ruggs is probably right close behind them. Uh, but everything that I've seen is that you've got teams like the Jets, you've got 49ers right there wanting to take a wide receiver. Jacksonville, I told you in, the, in my picks, is taking a wide receiver. Denver at 15 is not going to get the opportunity to get one of those top three wide receivers. But by trading up to the Browns, which is 10, they're at least going to eliminate the threat of San Francisco, of the Jets, um, at between 11 and 13 area of grabbing one. So I just think that that's smart on them because you, they've got three third-round picks. Might as well just throw one at the Browns and try to move in front of those other two teams so they can pretty much get option 1A or 1B at the wide receiver position. Okay, so in that in that trade with Denver, you've got us picking at 15, Ezra Cleveland, um, the Boise State yep. offensive tackle. Where Correct. do you rank him on overall offensive tackles? Is there a huge difference between Ezra Cleveland and Andrew Thomas, or, or is it kind of neck and neck? I, I think they're both balanced, but I just think that the Browns, the reason I'm saying this is because I think the top five tackle, I think it goes, in my opinion, I think Andrew Thomas is the best one. I think Jedrick Wills is next. I think then Tristan Wirfs. I think that Ezra Cleveland's going to be better than Beckton. I just don't trust him, especially with what came out in the reports this week. I was going to say, any um, any. I, do you care about the off off field issues there? Is that an an issue, or is that kind of something they'll put behind them? I'm and, not. I, I'm not sure. Like I've known about these players. Beckton kind of just popped up out of nowhere. I mean, I've watched tape on him too uh, last year, uh, but. I didn't think he was going to rise this high. And just that com- the combine sometimes make people think that they're better than they are. They're, they rank them poorly, I think, sometimes. But uh, <clears throat> I just I think Ezra Cleveland's the number four tackle. Actually, my bad. I think Austin Jackson's number five tackle or okay. four tackle. Ezra Cleveland's five. Beckton's probably six. I just. Wow. Uh, he's very, very, very balanced. I really love Austin Jackson. I use USB. But I think the Browns did their homework here because. They knew, I think, going into this thing after how they spent free agency, that there was a good possibility that they were going to trade back. So they they looked in those tackle range of uh, three, four, five, six, seven tackles off the board. And I think that this is the guy that they really liked. I've seen so many things. They they did the meetings with Ezra Cleveland. They did, uh, I think they did the video conference with him as well. I just think that they did their homework. And if they're going to move back, if the, if the price is right and – to leave a talent like Andrew Thomas, I think that this is the guy they're going to go with. I think they've pretty much just solidified that 
they trust what they see in him. So let me ask you, which do you prefer? Do you prefer the sticking at 10, taking Andrew Thomas, kind of like the safe play, or do you prefer to take the trade, fall back to 15, take Ezra Cleveland, and pick up that extra third-round pick? I This is why I'm not in the Browns front office. <laughs> I would, I, I like what Andrew Barry's, Barry's done so far in this offseason. I think that everything he's done is good, and if this is the way he wants to go, I, I'll trust it because – even if they do that trade and they end up with another third round, there's no saying that they couldn't use their two, one of those third rounds, and as well as their other third round. So basically, move back up in the second. I, yeah, because I mean, I mean you, you've I, got three threes. So yeah, there's no reason you couldn't take those three threes and turn them in to at least another two. Yep. So, um, and, and another thing to look for is, I think that I don't know exactly what Philly has. I haven't really paid attention, but. Philadelphia, if anyone needs a wide receiver, it's them. You saw what happened to them at the end of the season last year. They were they were basically down to college quarterback and then uh, one wide receiver besides that. Yep. So if, if anyone needs a wide receiver, it's them. And if they can move up to 10, I believe they pick somewhere between 19 and 21. Ezra Cleveland will probably still be sitting there, and so will plenty of other tackles that I just mentioned earlier. So if the Browns can slide that far back, they'll probably get even better compensation. So that's something that they might do. Absolutely. That's something to look for, especially Andrew Barry coming to the Browns, back to the Browns from the Eagles front office. So yeah, definitely something to look for there. Um, Outside of the draft, though, let's stick to the Browns for a second here. Um, There's a lot of talks about potentially, I I saw some rumors recently, uh, Trent Williams, Redskins, not out of the picture for the Browns. Um, do you right. think that is something worth looking into? Is, is he worth a top 10 pick? Um, and is OBJ included in some sort of trade like that? Or do you think stick to our roots, keep OBJ, keep the 10 pick, don't even think about Trent Williams with the health concerns, hasn't played in who knows how long? Um, what do you think about that, yeah. Trent Williams? I, I wouldn't worry more about the health concerns than I would about the mileage. I mean, to give up probably what would be a second-round pick to get a tackle that's over 30 years old, I just don't think it's worth it when you can grab I, I think all seven of the tackles that I just mentioned are, are first-round grades. Why would you spend a second-round pick when you can get a, a tackle that's probably going to be the like the, the strong point on your line going forward? It I, doesn't make sense to me. Unless they do this trade and they know it's going to happen and they move back and then select something else in the first round, and I, I just don't think that – I just don't think it would be wise to move back to go get Trent, to get Trent Williams and throw a pick away. That's just my opinion on it. What do you make? Give me your kind of give me an overall thought on the Browns and um, and OBJ. Do you, do you think there is any validity to all these trade rumors? Whether it was the Vikings and now the Redskins, do you think we should keep OBJ? Do you think that's a healthy relationship for Baker, um, or is it a benefit to get the kind of diva personality, if you will, out of the locker room? I think that everything will enough once they start winning games honestly because I don't think it matters the personalities in that locker room just it's just been such a black cloud over the Browns and I think once they start winning football games it's not going to matter the egos and I really think that OBJ is in the best possible situation in the league because I think there's only one person in the league that can control and that's Jarvis Landry so that's and I mean and the receivers coach they had in college too like I know he was with us last year I just think that winning and 
is it's it's a cure to all things. So if they can run the football, I think the OBJ is going to be happy because that sets everything up. Literally, this scheme is adhered to everybody that's on this team right now. Like Baker Mayfield best performs in 12 personnel and play action passes. And I think 60 to 70% of the dropbacks in Kevin Stefanski's team are uh, play action passes in 12 personnel. He loves the double tight end or the tight end with a fullback. Uh, I just think that everything is going to open up this season because of the run game. Like they're just going to be so committed to it. And I don't think that Odell's going to be a problem. I don't, I don't get like the people that talk about how he's so egotistical. I just think that there's a fine line between ego and wanting to win so bad. And I just think that OBJ falls more onto the wanting to win football games so bad that he just seems crazy. So, I mean, that's that everybody has that in them somewhere, some way. So, I'm not too worried about it. I think Odell's definitely a part of the system because if he does get traded, then we're really down to one number one wide receiver. Exactly. Because I don't know what's happening with Higgins and Kadero Hodge isn't going to cut it and everybody else that's on the Browns receiver room isn't going to cut it. So that's why in my mocks I have to take the receiver early. Yep. And, and like you said with Jarvis, that's another thing. I think that is if, if Jarvis, Jarvis wasn't there, he's kind of like that um, – that, he just calms down OBJ and you just feel like them together makes everything okay to where if Jarvis wasn't there and we were having all these issues and all these trade rumors and, and Odell getting upset about not getting the ball and everything like that with Jarvis there to calm him down. I think that's a huge help. And I also hope that with the, the AFC North as a whole, with the Bengals picking up Burrow, um, Steelers maybe get Big Ben back. Obviously, all of the rave around the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. We can kind of be set, let low and and just kind of be behind and let all of them take over all the spotlight and just just go out, play football, and hopefully win football games. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, like to, to add more to that, like competition is good, especially inside your own team. And I just think that Jarvis Landry and Odell push each other, but to a point and I just think that last year if Odell Beckham could survive the season we had last year where he only scored I think three touchdowns maybe uh I'm pretty sure he can he's going to be able to survive next year because I just honestly feel like the offense is going to be much better I know his Browns fans were very uh the offseason is like the best part of the year because it's all the hype train but I just think that from the numbers from what I've seen and what the fans he's trying to do it's just going to make sense. This is the first time where I've actually felt comfortable and known that a coach is going to come in here and run the football. I agree. Um, before I let you go, though, I want to talk two more things. I want to talk um, free agent quarterbacks. There's two out there, three actually out there that I want to get your opinion on. And then I want to recap the draft real quick and give me some sleepers. Let's do that first. Give me some sleepers um, in this draft, names that I should look for in the later rounds um, that you can make that you think could make an impact um, on an NFL franchise. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I'll just go through, give some names, and I'll, I'll I'll touch on the ones that I think that need to be important. So, okay. on the offensive side of the ball, uh, James Morgan, FIU's quarterback, uh, as a junior, he had 157 passer rating. As a senior, he didn't really show up as much, but I think that was just a lot to do with the competition he was uh, placed with. But um, someone that reminds me a lot of Kerry Collins, he's got a really good quick release. And uh, really showed out well in the senior bowls, practices, and stuff like that. Uh, someone, he's going to get drafted. I just, I honestly think there's a quarterback that New England might draft and try to try to mold. But we'll, we'll see what happens. 157 passer rating throughout the entire season of his junior year. 
Wow. So he's yeah, he was playing around. Um, Anthony McFarland Jr., I already touched on that on one of my other uh, posts for sleepers. But another one I'm putting in here is Michael Warren, the running back from Cincinnati. I just think that he is copy, cut, paste, whatever you want to call it, of Tyler of uh, Zach Moss from Utah. They literally are like the same exact running back. It's just the fact that Michael Warren played in the American and Tyler Huntley. Sorry, I keep saying Tyler Huntley, their quarterback. But uh, <clears throat> but Zach Moss played in Pac-12 and got a lot more uh, rep playing out there out west and being the, the conference player of the year. But this dude is an absolute train. Like, he runs through trap tackles. Uh, really reminds me a lot of C.J. Anderson. Uh, he's 5'9", 230. He's just a wrecking ball. Um, moving on, wide receiver, Austin Mack. I kind of hit on him in the senior bowl practice. Go watch his highlight tape. He makes so many contested catches. I just think it's funny that a lot of the draft sites don't even have him like in the top 300 or he's in the undrafted range. But Todd McShay, someone I trust their opinion, he has Austin Mack as a, in the top 120 of players available and the number 20 overall wide receiver. So um, obviously he sees what I see and someone that can really play in the NFL level, runs hard, crisp routes, and makes contested catches. And someone that doesn't have blazing speed, but honestly possession in the NFL is something that you need, and he's the guy to do it. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> Brian Edwards, South Carolina, watched the tape. Pretty much Alshon Jeffrey, his past alma mater, copy and paste. Um, Bryson Hopkins, a receiving tight end at Purdue, really good speed. Uh, I think he reminds me a lot of Josh Hill from the Saints, just a really good receiver. Mm-hmm. But a name that a name that I love and a player that I loved watching is Oregon's offensive lineman, Calvin Throckmorton. You're not going to find a better name in the draft. But uh, he played all I think he played all five positions. I know he played four at least, and he rotated almost every single season when he was at Oregon. Played center as a sophomore, um, played guard and tackled at the end of the year. And I think he played, I think he started as a guard his true freshman season. Um, but someone that can literally play every single spot on the NFL, on, in the NFL on the line. And uh, NFL loves utilities and players that can be versatile. And I think that's someone that's probably going to find a home on an offensive line somewhere next season. So, uh, Moving on to the defensive side of the ball, I got defensive end from Syracuse, Alton Robinson. I also threw him into my ACC uh, players to watch in the draft. So uh, if you go check out our page, you'll see that. I'm not going to get into it. Um, Lecky Foto at the defensive tackle spot reminds me a lot of Al Woods, just a big, uh, big run stuffer. Doesn't doesn't really get up to the passer too much, but sometimes you just need a guy that's going to get in there and stuff the run. And I just think that. Uh, at, at Utah, he played in a four-three scheme, but this is going to be someone that's going to be probably drafted into a th- into a three-four, and I think that's going to really help him at the next level be a three-four nose tackle. Um, moving on, so inside linebacker, I've got Shaq Shaq Quarterman from Miami. Um, this guy's an absolute tackle machine. Had 356 total tackles when as a four-year starter at Miami. Um, he reminds me a lot of Levante David. Not not the fastest though. But my goodness, this guy like kills people. He just comes through. Uh, the more experience he's gotten, like if you watch his senior tape, his read and react skills of diagnosing the play is almost instantaneous. He's probably seen so much film and uh, someone that could probably step right in and uh, <clears throat> at least be a, a strong reserve if the linebacker goes down, but probably year two, year three, be a, a starting middle linebacker somewhere. Um. So Justin Sternod, he plays at Wake Forest. He's my outside linebacker. Um, 
I really think he reminds me a lot of Tahir Whitehead, played for the Raiders a couple years ago. Uh, 6'3", 235. This guy can move, um, finish the play. He's got really good hands. He makes really athletic plays in the passing game. And I just think that this is a player that is a sleeper but also could be a potential uh, bust depending on what scheme he gets put into. I don't like him as a 3-4 outside linebacker. I don't think his pass rushing ability is what it needs to be. He needs to stick into a 4-3 scheme and play outside linebacker at the next level, and he's going to be a stud. Okay. Um, I got got two corners and one and then one safety, and then that's going to be it. So, uh, Dane Jackson, I put him in my ACC players to watch as well as a sleeper, so I'm not going to go through his. Um, but there's a player that I love, Kendall Vildor. He played at Georgia Southern. He ran a 4-4-4 at the Combine, led all the corners with 22 reps. And he just loves being in press coverage. He's got incredible ball skills. And if it wasn't for playing at Georgia Southern, he probably would have been a, a round two pick. But um, they got him slotted somewhere between rounds three and five right now. But um, <clears throat> reminds me of Desmond King can can play in the return game if needed. And just he just does everything well. He's gonna he's probably gonna play nickel corner at the next level. And I honestly think that he could be a starter from day one just because. The tape can only show so much against the the lesser competition over there in the Sun Belt, but um, someone that I think is going to get an opportunity at the next level and could possibly be a starter day one on a defense that needs a good nickelback. <clears throat> and then I'm going to finish it up at the safety spot. This is uh, this is my favorite player. This is a guy I love. Last season, yeah, I love Jordan Fuller. I just think that if you're looking for someone that's going to be the, the, the watchdog on the back end. If you're having safety problems, then uh, Jordan Fuller is the guy for you. At, I mean, at Ohio State, you had Okuda, you've got Damon Arnett, you've got Devon Hamilton, Malik Harris, and Chase Young. All these guys are going to come off the board and probably no, no later than round four. But it's just funny because J- Jordan Fuller is the guy that kept it together for him back there. All, all things started at the deep end with him. and uh, He was a ball hawk, man. He was all over the place. Yeah, it was just frustrating for me last season because he scored a touchdown against Michigan State and they took it off the board for a clip or a blindside block that wasn't even real. And then, and he was the one that picked up the ball when Clemson uh, fumbled it. We all know yep, the catch. Yep, fumbled, we all know but, what uh, happened there. And, and so he had two touchdowns that were taken away last year for for some dumb stuff. But no, I just I think he's a great player. And two years in a row, last year wasn't um, wasn't needed as much in the tackling game, but. Um, had an 80 tackle season and a 70 plus tackle season his sophomore and junior years. Uh, as a senior, he came back. I think he had 59 last year, but just a, a tackle machine at the safety spot and someone that reminds me a lot of Andrew Sandejo, who is the Browns mm-hmm. just signed. Not yep. not going to blow the doors off you with speed, but kind of the same thing with Shaq Quarterman. Just seen so much film, so much experience that he can read and react so fast that his it makes up for the the lack of speed. Yep. A lot of good stuff there. Your sleepers, your mock drafts, your top 10 mock, your stuff for the Browns. I'm going to tweet all that out on my page. And obviously, you can find it on Facebook, um, Triple Option Media. Is there anything else we should be looking yep. out for? On the, the draft, or are you talking about page wise? Just in general. You put out a bunch of stuff. I, I want to make sure that everybody um, is made available oh, to yeah. that. So I'll, I'll get to it. Um, <clears throat> my brother actually he made a big post on our page yesterday. But. Due to the lack of actual sports going on, we've done a lot of esports. And what we're doing right now is um, the first thing we're doing is we have a partnership with Larue uh, Sublo, which is a Canadian company, 
and they sponsor an iRacing team, which is what's been going on the NASCAR mm-hmm. circuit. They've been doing it on Sundays. But uh, we, we sponsor some guys, getting them uh, on their show, talking to them on the road to pro, which is uh, basically an iRacing. Uh, they only give out 20 to 30 of those pro licenses on the game per year, and there's thousands of guys that go out and try to get it. So uh, we're out there trying to stream their races and, and do podcasts with them. So um, that's one thing we're doing. Um, we're also doing a, a truck series on NASCAR Heat. <laughs> we, we got the game a couple months ago, and we decided that we wanted to give it a go and, and try to start a league, and it turned out pretty well. We run with about 20 people. That's on Sunday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern. I usually put the stream up, so it's called Nice Road Trucking. Um, that's one thing we're doing. And then also we're doing a, uh, a FIFA, a virtual premier league. Um, I'm going to be podcasting that as well. And we have a actual table with some stuff that's going on. So a lot of esports stuff. And then to round it up, we also have a uh, Project Cars League, which we will be running with an actual announcer. One of our buddies decided he got the game. He's gonna <clears throat> he's gonna stream it and then be like an actual commentator on the race. So those are gonna be on Wednesday night around ten, I believe, as well. But uh, yeah. So- esports a lot of racing and then some soccer that's what we're doing over there at triple option right now well, that's something i wanted to ask you i wanted to ask you about your quarantine your no sports and how you're handling it, it looks like you're keeping yourself pretty busy i look forward to it um <laughs> oh, i want you to man, I'm, tr- I'm trying <laughs> i know aren't we all i want you to send me those links i want to get in on all that stuff i want to uh i want to follow along um yeah absolutely and like I said, I'm going to send out all your, I'm going to tweet out your mocks. I'm going to tweet out everything you've got. Um, last thing I want to ask, I'm going to name three quarterbacks, and I just want you to tell me where they're going to be um, come uh, 2020 season. Okay. Andy Dalton. Oh, man. I, I've just had the strong suspicion that he's going to go to New England. I don't know why. Okay. Cam Newton. I think the best fit is Jacksonville, but they're so dead set on Gardner Minshew. Um, I keep hearing the Bears, but I really want to say Jacksonville. That's like the only option I see for him to even come remotely close to playing time. And then Jameis Winston. Oh, man. This is tough. (laughs) Uh, Man, I don't even like it. I I really don't like it at all. Uh, Shoot. I'll come back and comment on the page once the draft happens and see who picks quarterback, and then I'll give you a good answer. But see, right now, I really don't know. That's fine. I I feel like he goes to Pittsburgh. I don't think they're going to do it, but I I for some reason I see him going to Pittsburgh, and I don't know how I feel about it. Honestly, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule Miami out of the picture either. Mm. Yeah, it, it depends what they do in the draft. I think those are all three quarterbacks that are going to be signed. Um, after the draft, as soon as things play out there. Hey, man, I want to have you on next yeah, week, and uh, we'll do a little draft recap. Sound good? Yeah, that's fine, man. Sounds good. All right, man, I appreciate it. Check out Derek at Triple Option Media. I'll be sending out all his stuff. Um, we appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate you taking the time, man. No, man, I appreciate you having me on here. So it's a blast. I'm glad that I get to get my mock out there besides on my own page. So yeah, absolutely. All right, man, I appreciate you. And that was Derek Worley. Derek is a... Um, like I said, Triple Option Media, he does a lot of different stuff. He's he's very detailed. Um, you heard him talk about his ACC stuff. He's obviously very detailed with his mock draft. He watches a lot of film. Um, and then obviously a lot of stuff with the esports. So if you're into that kind of thing, definitely check him out. I'm going to put all of his stuff out on uh, Facebook, Twitter, everywhere I can put it. Definitely check him out. I appreciate him taking the time. 
And that's the Caveman Media Sports Podcast. I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, make sure you rate, subscribe, and review. Um, look out for the Caveman Media Podcast. We're doing a lot of different stuff there. We appreciate you guys listening. I'm going to be back next week. We're going to do a draft recap and just kind of more of a deep dive into the NFL offseason and all the things that are to come. Appreciate you guys listening. Make sure to follow me at Sports.Ohio. Have a great day. Enjoy. Stay safe.